In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good afternoon or evening. It's wonderful to be with you. What a joyful day it is. And this church is full again. I am so happy to see you. It's been a while. It's been a while. Any bishop will tell you that parish visitations are the best job of the bishop, and certainly is my best job, best part of my job. And I've missed it very much during COVID. And we were back doing it again in the fall, and then we had to stop for a couple of months in January and February. And I'm glad Mother Coswell has arranged. She sent me this email pleading that I should come because it's the people have been waiting two years to be confirmed. Well, I'm so glad to be here. I want to thank you for your faithfulness and steadfastness during this time to this parish community, to one another, and to Jesus in your journey of faith. Thank you. And before I begin, those who've been missing the common cup, the wine, Bishop Dietschy will be sending out a letter either today or by tomorrow, bringing it back on Palm Sunday. So, those who've been missing it, welcome. It is an option. Those who don't feel comfortable yet, Jesus is fully present in the bread or, in, or wine. But I'm looking forward to it. I've been missing it too. So in today's gospel story from Luke chapter 13, Jesus is on a journey, a journey of life, in which he's confronted by a life-threatening situation. Well, this is not the first time he has faced, his, his life has been threatened. If you remember, way back in the beginning, when he began his ministry and in, in declared his mission in the synagogue in Nazareth, you remember that? And when the, the, the townsfolk, his, his own kinsfolk, people who knew him, recognized him as this local carpenter's son, they tried to kill him immediately. They drove him out of town and tried to push him off the cliff. That's back in chapter 4 of Luke's Gospel. So ever since then, ever since then, his life has been under threat from time to time. And he's been on his way, however, work doing God's mission. 
And now he's three days' distance away from Jerusalem. The place, the final place of his mission. And he's warned that Herod is trying to kill him. Herod is this puppet Jewish ruler whom Pilate the governor had put in charge. So Herod knew that he was not all that popular among his own people. So here was Jesus, whose fame was reached all over Jerusalem, all over Judah, Judah. And people are just crowding, crowds of people are following him wherever he goes. Of course, he's threatened. So he, he wants to have him killed before he reaches Jerusalem, his home territory. But Jesus is clear in his mission. And Herod has no power over his life. He must enter Jerusalem. And his mission is to gather the children of God like a hen gathers her brood under her wings. Actually, that's been his mission all along, gathering the children of God. He will not be killed until his people cry out, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, foreshadowing his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which we will soon celebrate on Palm Sunday. And in the middle of this story, it's a very short story, but there's a lot of, a lot of details to be unpacked. Jesus says, I must be on my way. Today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way. There's a sense of urgency in him. And the word way is the key word in this story. He's been on the way. Now he has he continues to be on the way. He must be on the way, the way of the Lord. And the way Jesus must walk is the way of self-sacrificing love, the way of the cross. And Jerusalem is the place where this journey will be completed. Life is a journey, isn't it? Life is a journey in which we must often find our way and navigate our way through uncertainties and challenges of life. I remember when I was, when I was in my 20s, I had my life completely worked out. Don't laugh. <laughs> I had it all planned out and worked out. I knew exactly, you know, I, I even knew when I, what age I was going to get married. And I, when, you know, when, when I was, you know, it's like I, I had it all down. Well, nothing has turned out the way I had planned. I'm sure some of you had similar experience. 
Well, God calls at the wrong time all the time, doesn't he? <laughs> you can turn it off and he can wait. I'm sure he'll, he won't go away. My life's journey has taken me in ways I had never expected or foreseen. And I'm glad that it hasn't gone exactly the way I had planned because otherwise I would not be standing here before you. There was a point in my life though when, when I was, there are several points, but there's one point when I was completely lost. There was a big tragic tragedy happened. And I was I just I was completely lost. And I was even questioning God. I was questioning my own faith. And in that middle of the struggle, a spiritual mentor and wise old priest um, that I went to see, after a couple of hours conversation. He said two things. One, he said, I'm going to give you, Alan, I'm going to give you this scripture verse that, that I want you to think about, reflect upon, and pray on. This is Ecclesiastes 7.13. Ecclesiastes 7.13. It says, Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what God has made crooked? Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what God has made crooked? And then, of course, at the end of that conversation, he also said, Alan, have you ever thought about becoming a priest? Which I thought, where did that come from? <laughs> what? <laughs> but as I pondered upon this verse and reflected back upon my life, I eventually realized that I was not in charge of my life or control over my life all along, but God was. And because it was because God has been in charge of my life, all the mistakes and failures and, and the pains that, that I experienced had chance to be redeemed and healed. If I was in charge over my life, very little would be redeemed I can tell you. I learned that in all the uncertainties and pains of life, God's grace was working to redeem and heal all along each crooked corners of my life. None of it was a total waste. but open the doors for a new way, a new door, a new perspective. And that is the only certainty I could hold on to. And as we are coming out of the pandemic uncertainty with hope for a new beginning, life ahead is still filled with uncertainties and pain. There is still the uncertainty about COVID itself, about the future of our churches, about the healing of this, our society, 
the brokenness and the divisions and conflicts in our civic society, about our future of our planet. And then there's a war in, in Ukraine. Whoever imagined, whoever thought. I came across this image of Ash Wednesday service in the war zone in Ukraine. And this image, in the image was this priest was imposing ashes on the people who were kneeling before him in the middle of the war-damaged rubbles. Well, I don't know whether it was inside the church or just outside church that was all damaged, but the people were kneeling. In the, it just clearly, it was rubble all around them, and they were still kneeling for the ashes. As I watched that image, the words, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return, just lifted out of that still photo and viscerally and deeply reverberated in my soul. I could only imagine what those words must have meant to those people. God's redemptive grace was the only certainty they had to hold on to. And there was another photo in which they showed the Ukrainian soldiers lighting devotional candles in a church. Perhaps they were about to go and join the war. Their faces were resolute. Their mouths were closed. It was clear that they were at a loss for words. And as the shrine candles, like candlelight, shine upon their faces, they looked almost transfigured to me by the light. There was an ominous sense of calm and holiness in that photo that expressed a profound sense of sanctity of life, presence of holiness. What were they? praying for? What were, they, what were going through, what was going through their minds? Perhaps the words of today's psalm, Psalm 27, were exactly the words that expressed their prayer. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. When evildoers came upon me to eat up my flesh, it was they, my foes, who stumbled and fell. Though an army should encamp against me, yet my heart shall not be afraid. Then somewhere along the way, Psalms cries out, Show me the way, Lord. The way. Show me the way. The way of God 
that we are all yearning for is the way of peace, the way of love, the way of mercy, the way of forgiveness, the way of healing grace. And that is the only sure way of life for all humanity to thrive and flourish, isn't it? The war is not the way. Violence is not the way. But the war of self-giving love of Jesus Christ on the cross. Then, then the psalmist says, what if I had not believed that I should see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? You know, he almost kind of wakes up. He said, what if I, what would have happened if I didn't believe in goodness of God, God's goodness? What would happen? What if we had not believed in the healing grace of God in the midst of the pandemic? What if we had not believed in the justice of God in the face of so much violence and brutality and division? What if we had not believed in the holiness of God when the people's lives are being lost through pandemic and other violence? What if we had not believed in the redemptive grace of Jesus Christ on the cross when the world tells us that God is of no use? Where would we be now? These past couple of years, you, like many others, have been on a journey of life with plenty of uncertainties and chaos. Through struggling of interim period on top of COVID, you have remained faithful in your journey, trusting in the goodness of God. and called a new rector. I want to thank you for your faithfulness and thank especially the lay leaders, the wardens and the vestry who led this community during that period. I also want to acknowledge and thank your new rector, Amber Coswell, who had the courage to answer to this call in the middle of COVID. I'm sure it wasn't easy. Thank you. Thank you, Amber, for your pastoral leadership and the care you have provided to the people of your new community. And I also want to lift up those who are being confirmed, received and reaffirmed today. Noah, Billy, Helen, Aidan, John, Austin, Alexandra, Stephen, Noel, Alyssa, Kara, Edward, 
and Cheryl. Thank you for walking the way of Jesus, steadfastly and patiently, and for waiting for this day. Never forget the goodness of God working in your life to redeem and heal you when you are faced with life's challenges and uncertainties. Trust, trust in the power of God's love. As I lay my hands upon each of them, I invite you all to pray with them and for them and for the renewal of your own journey of faith and renewal of this parish community. May God bless you. May God bless you as you walk this way, the way of Jesus, the way of love, together in this parish during this Lent, that you may rise to new life with joy and hope in his resurrection. Amen.